0: Thank you for joining our podcast. We hope that this message will both teach and encourage you. Here's today's message. Well, let me also say happy birthday. I mean, happy new year. Happy birthday to 2022. Aren't you glad 2021's over? 2020's over? 2019's over? There's some years that we just want to see go into uh barely remembered I want to stand before you this morning and say that didn't Pastor Brian do a magnificent job last Sunday? Amen. Seven points, just like the pastor. Went longer than me, so everybody's now looking forward to me speaking this Sunday. So I just appreciate you doing that, Brian. So uh, thank the Lord for our staff. And we're just looking for a way to work more people into more ministry. Not a bad thing, right? Proverbs chapter 3 verses 1 through 32, this is a sermon taken out of that whole chapter. It's entitled, Ten Great Resolutions. Now, everybody in psychology says one of the big problems with resolutions is they're unrealistic. And one of the ways they can be unrealistic is there's too many of them. We look at the new year and say, okay, these are the 25 things I'm going to do this year. This is the 572 things I'm going to get done. Instead of, what is that one thing I can focus in on a laser beam, like a laser beam, and and see through to the end? Any health club managers will tell you that their uh, memberships skyrocket coming out of December into January because of the holiday overeating and because of the New Year's resolution because, what, 99.9% of us really should be more physically fit. And so they increase, and then after about February, maybe it's just to get through Valentine's Day. I don't know. Then they fade off again, and so there's a bump that always happens, and they know that's part of the industry And so they're always working on getting people to extend that resolution into a lifelong commitment uh, for two reasons. It makes us healthier, and it also helps them on their bottom line. So 10 great resolutions, and uh, you can take this passage. I'm going to note what verses this is out of. I'm not asking you to just trust me like that. I'm asking you to go home and check. Or while you're sitting there and have your Bible before you on your phone or A paper Bible, analog Bible, the one you can actually read off of paper, that you can take note of that and follow through with me as we look at Ten Great Resolutions. Now, another, another subtitle for this would be Advice from the King. Do you like that one? Advice from the King. This comes out of the book of Proverbs, where Solomon has been tutored and led by his father. Why does Solomon ask for wisdom to govern his people? Because he was inspired by his father. This was a powerful influence on the life of Solomon that he then shares with us, really what could be arguably the wisdom of David and the wisdom of Solomon as it comes to us in this wisdom literature out of the book of Proverbs chapter 3. By the way, this is a bonus, but Proverbs has 31 chapters. Which means you can do a chapter a month, or a week, I'm sorry, a day, I'm sorry, let me back it up. A chapter, you could do once a month or a year. But just think about this, you could do it once a day and go through it and never run out, and you have three left over in February. You have one left over in the months that end with 30, but you have enough to get through the month. I think that's very interesting, don't you? 31 proverbs, chapters of Proverbs. These are, the, the Proverbs in general, are things to aid us in looking better and living longer. Isn't that what resolutions usually are about? How many of you would like to look better and live longer? How many of you like to live longer looking better, feeling better? Some of us saying, I'm not sure I want to live longer the way I'm feeling right now. But if we could maximize our health and the way that we look Then we would want to live longer as well. That's certainly the ambition of our society. Everybody wants to live longer. We go to the haircut in place and say, take a few inches off the back, but we never go to the doctor and say, could you drop a few years? Things to aid us in gaining wealth. Do we want to get ahead? Absolutely, everybody wants to get ahead. I've never met anybody who said, No, I've my ambition is to be bottom of the heap. I'm going I'm running for dead last, and that's what I want. And then things that aid us in our relationships. We have relationships, don't we? We may as well make the best of them because so many people make the worst of them. And so we have an opportunity out of the great wisdom of. Of God that was distilled to David, passed down to his son Solomon, instilled in Solomon, and then added to by the grace of God, we can then come with a resolution. So longevity, prosperity, and peace. And what I'm asking you to do is listen the whole way through, but really focus on, Lord, what is the one thing that you would have me really get a hold of this morning? To take me into 2022. How many of you know the Lord knows the path ahead for you? And by the way, he's so merciful, he doesn't share it with you. He gives you some of the highlights. He lets you know there's some bright lights off in the distance. But he doesn't tell you about the curveballs and all the difficulties you're going to face as you go into the year. But he tells us this, have no fear. I'm with you. We need to realize as we go into the new year that we need to be a different kind of people. The planet is gripped in fear, and the people of God need to be the last people who are gripped by fear. We don't walk by fear, but by faith, and perfect love casts out all fear. So as we go into this year, we're looking for longevity, prosperity, and peace, and it's becoming more and more apparent that that can only happen under the grace of God. Amen? How about this one? Resolution number one, let love and faithfulness never leave you. Let them never leave you. The thing about us in our nature is that we leak. We have a bucket, but it's leaky. We hang on to things, but they tend to slip away. And the thing about love is that it can grow stale. It can grow cold. It can ebb away. We hear Jesus correct the early church when he speaks to the church at Ephesus in the book of Revelation, and he says, you have left your first love. Who moved? It wasn't love. It was them. They allowed something to move within them. Their priorities shifted. They began to focus on something different, and when they did, it began to slip away. And very often, we don't really notice But if we will stay on top of it, every day we can ensure that love and faithfulness stay right with us. This has to do with how we act towards people. With that agape love, we talked about it going into Christmas, didn't we? The three gifts, what were they? Love, joy, and peace. They have been given to us freely and over and a much from God, and we have a calling, a responsibility, a privilege, and a pleasure to invest those things in other people, in relationship. So we let love and faithfulness never leave us. Hang on to them. That's one thing we're encouraged to hang on to is that love, that faithfulness, staying faithful and engaged. You know, it's easy to be a fair-weathered friend. Have you noticed that? What happens when the chips are down? The difficulties come. We tend to find out. This is what people often say. Well, at least I found out who my real friends are. Because they're the ones that will stay through thick and thin. They're the ones who will be faithful. When things are down, they'll still be there, and they'll be encouraging us. So let love and faithfulness Never leave you. Good news is, if you need a refresher and need a return, if our prayer is, Lord, I feel like I've allowed love and faithfulness to slip away, great news, he's in the restoration business. And he can reset, renew, and restore and bring you back to that. Resolution number two, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Isn't that a great promise? Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not under your own understanding. In all of your ways, all, everybody say all. In all of your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. What is the temptation for? people of faith, people who are religious, people who are are focused upon this idea of there's a God in heaven and he has sent his Son and he is our Savior and there is this thing called spiritual life and really spiritual life is more important than natural life. There's things worse than dying. Some of us are going, what? What could be worse than dying? Dying without connection with God through our relationship through Christ what leaves us when? Where we want to be, away from God, in the darkness, cold and away from the love and all that is good. And so we want to trust in the Lord with what? All of our heart. Here's what we tend to do. We tend to parcel things out. We tend to live as minimalists. What is the minimum I need to do in order to get that? What is the minimum I need to pay in order to get this life insurance? What is the minimum I need to do? When we need to really be saying, Jesus gave his all. All to him I owe. Sin had left its crimson stain, but he washed it white as snow. I can trust in the Lord with all of my heart, which means all of me, in every circumstance, in every situation. There are some people that tend to say, God, I need you to handle this, this, and this, but the really important stuff I've got. I'm not sure that I can trust you with that. You might direct me a certain way or ask me to do a certain thing that I wouldn't be interested in doing. Was that me? Yeah, I think it was I banged my, I banged the pack. That'll get your attention. I saw some of you jump. I just found me a weapon here. That's all right. Over the Christmas holidays, we installed super heaters in the chair, so anybody seems to be nodding off, we just have Brother David back there push the button. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your understanding, but in all of your ways. Acknowledge him, his ways, and he'll make your path straight. Here's another one, number three. Do not be wise in your own eyes. It's more fun to be wise in other people's eyes. Don't be wise in your own eyes. How do you know someone is wise in their own eyes? They won't consult, seek, look, ask anywhere else. It's forbidden to get other input. Many people then don't even ask the Lord. They don't even inquire of the word of the Lord. They basically are saying as they walk through their physical life, I don't need a God, I've got this. But we do not need to be wise in our own eyes. That limits our resources to only what we know and what we experience. The same book of wisdom tells us that in the safety of counselors, there's in the number of counselors, there's safety. There's a wise person who will consult people who know the Lord. Now, here's another problem is don't take that and then go ask ungodly people for advice. Okay, We want to look for wise people, people who have walked with the Lord, people who have experienced life with him, and we do not want to be wise in our own eyes. This is the normal setting. This is the default setting of youth. This is the default setting of a young man, young woman. No one knows about this. I've got this figured out. I'm going to do that, and I have seen total wreckages of lives made by people who simply were wise in their own eyes. When we come with humility... We're willing to say, Lord, I don't see everything, know everything, and experience everything, and so I'm going to ask other faithful people rather than be wise in my own eyes. Number four, honor the Lord with your wealth. Isn't that great advice? One of the things that happens all across Christendom when January comes up, people are getting ready to do their taxes. They look back over their books and they go, uh-oh. I thought that we tithed this year. I thought that we supported that missionary we were going to support. Ah, now, have you noticed that we don't send you a letter at the end of the year? By the way, we checked and those numbers don't seem to add up. We don't. We don't do that. We leave that between you and the Lord. And we just thank you for your faithfulness. <coughs> Excuse me. and leave that between you and the lord so we honor the lord with our wealth we bring our tithes into the storehouse we give above and beyond out of a grateful heart for what the lord has done for us and hasn't he done great things for us hasn't he done i'm standing before a congregation that knows how to honor the lord with their wealth they put him first in their tithes. I I know that there are people who have been in financial difficulties, yet they honored the Lord with their giving. And then the Lord has blessed them out of the blue. How many of you have experienced those out of the blue blessings before? Amen? So we honor the Lord with our wealth. A real quick story. When I was a young man doing college ministry and pastoring a church that we were going to end up closing because of all the negative stuff that had happened in it. And the presbyter had asked me to go and preach there for a while, and so we did. And in the middle of that, I was lean, leaning beside my chair on Sunday, uh, Monday morning praying because on Saturday I had written the tithe check. And when I wrote the tithe check, it was more than what I could spend on groceries, and it cleaned out our grocery budget. And we had two children one named Cameron, the other one named Bethany, in our home. So here I am, kneeling beside the chair praying and saying, Lord, man, I wrote my grocery budget to tithes and missions, and I don't have anything for this week. And there's diapers that we need to buy. There's formula. There's food. So, you know, people are going to have to call us and take us to dinner or something. I don't know. But I just laid that before him. Gave that check on Sunday, and that was a tough check to give. Have you ever had a tough check to give? Yeah. So I dropped it in the offering on uh, Sunday, began praying on Sunday, was praying on Monday. Then I heard a honking of a horn, and I thought, those crazy neighbors, don't they know at 7 in the morning they don't need to be honking a horn? I noticed that it was close to our house, so I wanted to see who that rude neighbor was, and I interrupted my prayer time to look out through the blinds and there was a little gray Suburban and somebody I recognized waving from the window. It was somebody who supported the college ministry we worked at. And so she's waving, waving. I come out to her and I'm saying, yes, yes. And, and she said, I need your help. I said, okay, what can I do? I'm thinking flat tire. What is it? She goes, no, I was at the store early this morning shopping. And when I got my basket, the Lord spoke to me and told me, get me to get two because I was going shopping for you. And she said, and I didn't go to the generic section. So I said, she said, I know you had small children so on. And there were diapers and there were some, we would get the generic off-brand spaghetti sauce. She got the -the top-of-the-line ragu and prego. We would get the private label pasta. She got the, the, the top of the line, she went through there and she bought top of the line stuff. I know it had to have been. I was a grocery guy. I knew that set before me was about $250 worth of groceries. And I thought, that was more than what my ties and missions was. And I just heard the Lord say, I got you. I'll take care of you. You honor me with your wealth and I will take care of the rest. What a powerful lesson. Would you give with me the Lord a hand clap this morning? Join me in that. I could go around the room and hear story after story after story after story of people who honored the Lord with their wealth, with their time, with their gifts, with their talents, with their giving, and then found out something. You can't outgive the Lord. You just can't outdo the Lord. He is not going to be encaptured to your debt. He is going to do above and beyond all you can ask or think. And he's going to do exceedingly and abundantly. And he's going to press it down, shaking together and running over. Give the Lord another hand clap. (laughs) Honor the Lord with your wealth. This is a great opportunity going into this year. If you look back in the past and say, boy, I messed up. I just, I didn't tithe. I didn't give, I'm not standing here to condemn you from the pulpit, but I am here to challenge you from the pulpit as we go into 2022 and say, let this be a year that you don't let that fall to the side again, that you say, Lord, I am going to receive the wisdom of a king. I am going to honor you with my giving resolution number five. Remember, just pick one, maybe one or two. But if you try for 10, how many of you know you'll get overwhelmed? You'll feel snowed under. How about this one? Do not despise the Lord's discipline. How many of you love discipline? I don't. How many of you love to be corrected? Nope. I don't like it. I try to avoid it. My ambition in life is to get it right, study, know, and do it right so nobody ever say, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, that's not how you do that. I, it's hard to to be corrected. But what does he say? Do not despise the Lord's discipline. Those he loves, he corrects. He even chastens, which means sometimes a negative event that affects us or the popping of a of a microphone pack to get our attention. Don't despise the Lord's discipline. Why does he draw us and pull us through some difficulties at time? Because he's going to teach us He's going to take something that we want to have done in our life and he's going to bring us through a circumstance in order to instill that and make that part of us. How many of you have ever prayed for patience? Beware. Get ready. Because when you say, Lord, I just need to be a more patient person, what will the Lord do? He will lead you across some of the slowest people. He will put you in some of the most interesting traffic situations. And you're like, Lord, what are you doing? I prayed for patience. He says, how do you think I developed that in your life? I put you into circumstances and situations that will not overheat, will not explode, will not harm you, will not hurt you. I've got this, but I'm going to pull you and bring you through some discipline. I'm going to bring you some narrow areas. They're going to challenge you. And when you come out the other side, what's going to happen? You're going to have something instilled in you, something that was out there. And a proposition is going to be in here, and it's going to be something you live by. A principle that brings life. Do not despise the Lord's discipline. Now, let me just add this. God is not cruel. God does not drag people across broken glass and rip their lives apart. The enemy does that, and people do that. But let me tell you what the Lord does. He never puts you or brings you into a circumstance other than what you can walk through with him and overcome. That when you come out through the other side, you're making lemonade instead of sucking lemons. You have a victory, you have a peace, and you have advanced in the kingdom and you have advanced into what the Lord has called you to. Resolution number six. Search diligently for wisdom. And find it. It takes diligence to find wisdom. Why? Because the other ideas of the world is just on the low hanging branches, and everybody knows it, and everybody offers it. That advice is easy to find. You can find it in the line at Walmart, you can find it on the cover of the National Enquirer, and you can find it on the national networks. But let me tell you to get the wisdom of God takes some digging, it takes some mining. It takes some breaking up of some rocks. It takes some diligence. It takes some knocking and keeping on knocking. It takes uh, uh, approaching and keep on approaching. It takes pressing in and keep on pressing in. Because when you do, you get to the wealth of the wisdom of God. It's proven. It's eternal. It's objective. It's valuable. It's gold. It's silver. It's precious stones. It will stand up to the fire. It will stand up to the adversity. And it will glitter in your life. How many of you have ever seen a glittering fool? We used to use that expression. He's just a glittering fool. Fool's gold. How many of you have heard of that? Easy to find iron pyrite. But what does it take to get to the gold? Going down through some ice, through some rock, through some layers, through some difficulty, heavy equipment, mud, sweat. And you can turn your TV to that gold. Those those guys that go and search for gold in the Yukon? And they spend an entire season and all that heavy equipment. And they walk in and they say, here's the gold we found. That's how wisdom is. It's valuable. And it takes a pursuit. So go after him. Search diligently for wisdom and find it. Maybe our resolution this year, if we just get one, Is Lord, let me go to your word and to the people of God with diligence and say, I will not be denied. I'm going to ask and keep on asking. I'm going to seek and keep on seeking. I'm going to knock and keep on knocking until it's open, till it opens up, till I receive it, till it makes sense. And then when it does, it can change your life. Amen. The ways of God, they take pursuit. Number seven. Have no fear. Boy, do we need that one. Every year we need that. Why? Because this year's unknown. We're glad to see 2019, 2020, and 2021 pass into the rearview mirror. We're as happy as seeing Lubbock in the rearview mirror. Was it Mac Davis used to sing that? Some of you are going to be the rest of the service. Was it Mac Davis? Was it Chris Christofferson? Who was that? Okay, Mac Davis, I think it was. I thought happiness was Lubbock, Texas in the rearview mirror. He found a reversal in his life that it was actually Lubbock, Texas growing nearer and dearer, right? I'm I'm pretty confident that we're not going to be looking back at these years with longing and nostalgia. Even Hallmark cannot resurrect these years. Have no fear. Do you know that in the Bible it uses a phrase or addresses the idea of having no fear? More times than there are days in a year. More times. There's more ideas addressing having no fear than there are days in the year. Why? Because every day has a potential for fear. Jesus said that. He said every day has enough evil in it for itself. That's not a very happy thought, is it? Jesus says, basically, there's enough evil in any day to take you out. But he also says, in the world... You'll have trouble. You'll have reasons to fear. But what's the opposite of being fearful? Cheerful. Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. I've overcome it. There's nothing that the world can do to you that can have eternal significance upon your life. And so we need to get over it. We need to have no fear we're not necessarily going to become the next can evil, But we need to become somebody whose face is not lined with fear, whose voice does not quaver with fear, but somebody that in a conversation, in a circumstance, people look to and say, how can he be so calm, cool, and collected when all of this is going on? How can that family not be completely torn apart by these circumstances? How can that wife... Have not completely given up all hope. And there's that sense of, I I will have no fear. Because God, you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You are present, my ever-present help, in the time of trouble. This is the idea that David has shared throughout his psalms. We could sing them if we knew the Hebrew and knew the tones. Have no fear. Wow, we need that in 2022. Some of us, if we get nothing else from this message today, whether on the Internet or here in this room, that this is a year I'm going to fear less. Wouldn't that be great? I'm going to fear less. I'm going to come against a situation, and I'm not going to resort to fear, but instead I'm going to move towards faith. Wow, that could be powerful. Number eight, do not withhold good. Now, how many of you are secretly part of Procrastinators Anonymous. I can be. I can be really bad. PA, Procrastinators and We never have gotten around to a meeting. If we did, we could stand up and say, Hi, I'm Doug, and I'm a procrastinator, but I still haven't made it to the meeting yet, and none of the others have either. We just keep putting it off. And if I'm not careful... I don't like impetuousness. I don't like spur of the moment certain things. And so if somebody asks me for something and I'm able to do it, for some reason my response is, well, I don't know. I'd think about that or maybe tomorrow. But what would happen if we didn't withhold good? There's something we could do. We have, you know, we have two of those topo chicos nice and cold and I might need to. But somebody's saying, Hey, do you have anything to drink out? Here. Here's one of my favorite Topo Chicos. Maybe you ought to try that. You know, I secretly pray that nobody likes mineral water. (laughs) So I don't have to share my Topo Chico. But if if I could just reach into my wallet a little bit quicker. If I could just hand somebody something a little bit quicker instead of saying, Ah, I don't know, you know, this may be my resolution for twenty twenty two. Lord, help me not to withhold good. If there's something good that I can do, it's in my power to do right now, let me do it and let me do it right now. Amen. And and help us to break up the procrastinators anonymous group that never meets. Help us to get out of that group that withholds good that maybe wants to reserve a little bit for ourselves, but instead, let's not withhold good. If it's if you have the power around you with you, to do something good for somebody. In 2022, let's do it. Maybe we could make that resolution as a church together if we have one together as a church. In 2022, if there's something we can do good for somebody, we're going to do it and do it immediately and not hesitate and just give with an open hand and be good to somebody. Don't you know there are some people in 2022 that need to encounter some good? Number nine do not plot harm against those near you. I hope nobody in this room has that problem. but sometimes we have neighbors and people that are in our life that do things that inspire us to plot harm. Well I tell you what I'm gonna I'm gonna get a burner phone and I'm gonna call the, the police and report them every night for 14 days And when they say what the number is, it's not my number. Well, it's not my usual number anyway. I just gave somebody an idea. I'm sorry. Somebody's inspired now. Oh, that's what I do. The pastor said I'll go get a burner phone. And I'll use that to call them, call the cops on them until they straighten up. Do not plot harm against those near you. Because why? They're neighbors. And what are they supposed to encounter from you if they're neighbors? Love and goodness and acts of kindness and very often when they're the least deserving. But we give them love rather than the sole of our boot, rather than the heel of our hand. We do something good to them. We don't withhold good. And he says, do not plot harm against those near you. Some of them immediately are saying, Lord, I'm praying that they move far away, so then I can plot against them that live far away, because it only talks about those that live near you. And I'm being facetious, but only a little bit. Number 10. Do not envy the violent man or choose any of his ways. Now, how many of you have noticed that sometimes, many times, often in this life, violent people get what it is they want? The carjackers usually get what they want. Bank robbers, a gang leaders, mafiosos, right? There are people who act violently, who threaten, who bring problems down on people unless they do what they want them to do, and so it's very tempting at times to say, "Man, if I could just..." be that guy if i could just be like her i could be mean and vicious and i could do that and you know what they get ahead they they live at the in the nice neighborhood in the gated community they have the private jets they have everybody in their life's afraid of them but they're making billions right and uh, am i the only one is this a time of confession and there's times that you say i think My my wife and I have that joking conversation together because I can confess things to her. She won't confess to you. And I talk about, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this, this, and this, and that will fix it because we've seen violent people get ahead. And so we joke about it, and it's a way of kind of releasing the pressure valve and saying, I'm going to talk about this because I'm thinking it and feeling it, but I'm not acting on it. Do not envy the violent man. Don't look at them and say, I really want their position. I really want to get where they are. By the way, to get there, you'd have to do what they did and keep doing what they've been doing in order to maintain yourself there. How many of you know that feels nothing like the blessing of the Lord? That feels nothing like the favor of God. feels nothing like the hand of the Lord acting on our behalf. And so let me just say, if you've been thinking that way, like me... Let's stop that in 2022. Let's not even envy the people who seem to be getting ahead by doing violent and evil things. Don't choose any of their ways, but do what? In all of our ways, acknowledge him, and he will make our paths straight and right, and we'll be able to stand upright and noble before the king of heaven and as children of the king in 2022, we're going to have longevity, prosperity, and peace. And it's going to come from him. Amen? So, there's ten of them. Maybe one of them, I'm hoping one of them, struck you. That's something you could jot down. You can think about, what is. what are the ten? Let me run back over them real quick. Tasha's going to come and lead us, and the worship team is coming. And as they do, let love and faithfulness never leave you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Honor the Lord with your wealth. Do not despise the Lord's discipline. Search diligently for wisdom and find it. Have no fear. Do not withhold good. Do not plot harm against those near you. And do not envy the violent man or choose any of his ways pick one or two put it on your mirror put write it somewhere in your bible that you know where it is if you have to write it in code so nobody can decode it do that but let that be something that you set before you in 2022 and say these are words of a king to his son who is an aspiring king and they're the words of our father our heavenly father to us that can give us direction in our life isn't He good? amen he's going to be good in 2022 because he's not going to change honey as you come as we're all standing to our feet this morning I just want to pray a blessing over you for 2022 Lord we stand in your presence we don't stand before the councils of men we don't stand before the enemies of the earth the kings of the earth we stand before you and we want to catch sight of you we want to see you we want to encounter you, experience you, and be in your glory. Do everything that we do for the glory, the honor, and the praise of Jesus. And Lord, we ask for your grace and your peace upon each one as we go in this house out, into our workaday world, into our mission field, and we go with a resolution, at least one, words from a king, something that we can live by that's eternal that transforms and changes us. We thank you, Lord, for your great wisdom, and we sure need it as we go forth from this place, your sense, your presence, and your power. We ask your grace and peace in Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen and amen. Lord bless you. Happy New Year.